0: well good morning ladies and gentlemen this is the truckers podcast current events local world news and trending i'm your host doug from london ontario canada sunday morning 10 a.m thank you for joining me Well, hello to everybody out there around the world. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope everybody's having a good weekend so far. Here we are Sunday morning, a very chilly morning out there today here in Southern Ontario, Canada. So why is it so hard to choose who gets the COVID-19 vaccinations first. As Canada uh, prepares to ramp up its vaccine rollout, one question looms. Who should be first in line to get the jab? Well, at the beginning, you know, when the vaccines started to roll out, And when they came up with the vaccine, the government was already talking about the most vulnerable people in our society who was going to be getting the vaccine first. Our elderly, people who live in retirement homes and long care term homes. would be the first in line to get vaccinated. This much is uncontroversial: the elderly living in care homes and the frontline healthcare workers should be the first in Canada to get vaccinated. Throughout the pandemic, We've heard a lot about the increased risk of these groups face the strain that the medical system would face if many of them were to get infected and the psychological toll that the pandemic has taken on them. But we won't get to enjoy the luxury of agreement forever. We haven't been faced yet. With having to figure out exactly what we mean when we say some group or other should be prioritized for vaccination. Should can mean a lot of different things, and that makes it hard to answer the question. As behavioral scientists have been showing for decades, we react quite predictably when faced with hard or ambiguous questions. Instead of answering it, our mind will reach for other questions to answer instead. And that's in the same neighborhood, but much easier for us to answer. This is called question. Substitution and its subconscious. For example, I don't know how frequently shark attacks occur. If you ask me, I'll probably answer a different question. How easily it can bring to mind an example of a shark attack. So If there's been a shark attack recently that's all over the news, I'll bring an example to mind with ease. I'll estimate the shark, shark attacks are very frequent. If I'm not on my Twitter feed 24 7 reading about the new cases, I'll rate attacks as even more frequent than somebody who just glances at the newspaper casually here and there. The whole process happens subconsciously. That makes a lot of sense. Now, coming back to the vaccine uh, uh, prioritization, figuring out who should be prioritized for vaccinations is very difficult. Naturally, we reach for other similar questions we feel more confident about. Some of us will think, of whoever is most exposed to the virus. Some of us will think of those who face the most serious outcomes or whose infection creates the largest challenges for the healthcare system. Some of us think about moral worthiness. So the first signs of agreement are already visible question substitution can help us to understand these disagreements for is for instance Aaron o'toole he is the leader of the conservative conservative party here in canada criticized the liberal government for listing some federal inmates among prioritized vaccine recipients. This was not because he disagreed with Justin Trudeau's assertion that prisoners have a heightened risk of contracting or falling severely ill with COVID-19. His disagreement was based not on facts, but on values. As he tweeted, it is his opinion That not one criminal should be vaccinated ahead of any vulnerable Canadian or frontline health worker. He's arguing, arguing that a different metric should be applied. Moral worth, which in his view, inmates do not seem to have. hope you see that point, I hope you understand that point. So in other words, O'Toole wasn't saying that Trudeau was wrong about who faces higher exposure risk and vulnerability. He's saying that Trudeau is answering the wrong question in the instance, the question substitute is obvious. Perhaps this kind of Alice analysis could help us to make headway in discussions about whether racialized Canadians should be offered priority in the vaccine campaign. Some people are critical of prior, prior to, uh, prioritization based on race. Is that because they don't believe that racialized Canadians face higher exposure, risk, and vulnerability? Or are these critics arguing that exposure and vulnerability are not the relevant question to be addressing? So what is the the relevant question? that we should be addressing. So when the question is asked, who gets the vaccine first? Everybody's gonna answer that question. From every walk of life, everybody's gonna answer that question. And they're gonna say me. Us. them. It will be difficult to reach the same solution if we can't even agree on what question we're trying to answer. We need to have an open, transparent conversation, clarifying precisely what our goals are. We need to ask probing questions. Are you saying you're not sure the evidence shows the inculating teachers, for example, we had, we decrease community transmission, or are you saying that community transmission is less important than, say, healthcare burden? Those are the kinds of questions here in Parliament. They aren't the kinds of questions that merge when our politicians telegraph barbs at each other through the media. They aren't even the kinds of questions that many media representatives ask during question and answer after a politician provides an update. What we need to do, we need to clarify on what questions we're looking to answer. And to get there, we need to be more open, we need to be more transparent, have a more transparent discussion of what our priorities are for our vaccination campaign. Currently, there doesn't seem to be much progress on that front. As a result, questions substitution will continue mostly unchecked. We'll talk right past each other without realizing we're talking about different. and social cohesion around vaccination and the wider pandemic response will continue to be a point of friction at a time when we all need to stick together. Well, you know, when it comes to the critics, When it comes to the uncertainties, when it comes to the question, we need to answer the question that is asked. So how do we get there? You know, critics alike, you know, when it comes to par- uh, getting to, to, you know, to make sure that um, we start at the top of the list when we start this vaccination campaign. And that top of the list starts with the most vulnerable people. Healthcare workers. And that includes all PSWs, doctors, nurses, people already in the hospital before this pandemic happened. Then the police, the paramedics, and the fire departments, all frontline workers. and then we can start moving into the general population. I get it, I get what he's talking about here. I hope you do too. So now Canada, Um, with the rollout of the vaccines, Let me find a little article here. As I put it in my favorites. Now, from the onset of this pandemic back last January, February, March, you know, when we went into the shutdowns, got everybody back, all the Canadians back into Canada, who could get back. You know, we started out with the Canadian Emergency Recovery Benefit. Of five hundred dollars a week for all working Canadians who lost their jobs due to the shutdown. So the so the COVID nineteen emergency benefits, including. the Canada recovery benefit, sickness benefits to be extended. This will also include employment insurance. And the government has extended these benefits all along. People who went from the Canadian Um, Emergency Recovery Benefit moved on to the Employment Insurance and it stayed at the same level of $500 a week, regardless. The Sickness Benefits, Caregiving Benefits and the Canada Recovery Benefit are all getting top-ups when it comes to the duration during which each can be claimed, meaning Canadians will be able to access financial help for even longer stretch of time. The total cost of these beefed-up benefits will be like $12.1 billion, the government confirmed on Friday. To begin, The government is extending the Canada Recovery Benefit and the Canada Recovery Caregiving Benefit by 12 weeks. That makes the new maximum that you can claim 38 weeks in total. The Prime Minister was speaking on Friday at a press conference. Prime Minister Trudeau added that the government is also increasing the employment insurance availability to 50 weeks in total, meaning an additional 24 weeks can be claimed. Trudeau also said that the $500 per week Canada Recovery Sickness benefit is getting a boost from covering two weeks of missed work to a total of four weeks. says that nobody should be going to work sick right now. It's that simple. So now you get your sick benefits for a total of four weeks, not just two weeks. We'll have a topic on employment um, benefits. coming soon and should employers be paying sick benefits, the low low wage workers, minimum wage workers. Prior to this change, both the uh, Canadian recovery benefit and the Canada recovery caregiver benefit were only available for of twenty for twenty-six weeks. This new announcement will allow Canadians to access an additional twelve weeks of either benefit, which each offer the recipients of five hundred dollars per week. The freshly extended Canadian recovery benefit is available to anyone who isn't eligible for unemployment insurance, but has stopped working or had their income reduced by at least 50% due to COVID-19. And the the CRCB benefits, on the other hand, is given out by households and covers those who are unable to work for at least half of the week because they have to take care of their kids or family member due to school or care facility closures. It also covers those who have to stay home with sick children or family members who are quarantining. The sickness benefit covers anyone who has to stay home for at least half the week because they've caught COVID-19 or they're self-isolating for reasons related to COVID-19. So it's really good news that the government is um, extending these programs. to help individuals, families, to get through these tough times. Paid sick leave has has been a key component, component on our public health response from the beginning. I would urge all provinces to step up for workers and do their part like some of their colleagues have. The Prime Minister announcement comes on the heels of grim warnings from federal public health officials that Canada's recent decline in COVID 19 cases is under threat from new variants. Modeling release Friday morning shows a steep spike in cases should restrictions be relaxed too soon. Well, I think we're taking our time, this this one of reopening, working backwards from our color-coded system that we have here across Ontario. From the black to the grey to the red, the orange, the yellow and green, eventually we'll get there. with the emergence of spread of new variants of concern unless we maintain and abide by the stringent public health measures we may not be able to avert a rapid resurgence of the of the epidemic in canada so that's why it's still so important that we still follow these strict rules And here, not all parts of Ontario are going to be, you know, um, moved out of the red or into the orange or whatever the case may be of their situations, depending on where you live. Like for Toronto and the Peel region and and the York regions, they are still going to be in lockdown, stay at home orders until March the 8th. Now for Canada, so far log 700 cases with variants of concern, predominantly the B117 variant first ident- identified in the United Kingdom. All 10 provinces have reported cases and five of those have evidence of community spread. So the decision to expand the benefits also comes hours after labor groups warned the government of a looming benefits cliff late last month when Canadians receiving EI or the recovery benefits would start maxing out their eligibility with job prospects bleak or non-existent. Welcome to the show. I'm your host Doug from Ontario here in Canada. Um, I'll give you a little recap, Um, this part of the show here, uh, here in Canada, uh, that the Canadian government have um, expanded and extended um, the benefits that Canadians um, can receive um, during this pandemic being out of work. And that is the Canadian recovery benefits, um, the employment insurance benefits, um, and also this, in, including um, the Canadian recovery benefit and sick benefits um, of $500 a week. Uh, this has been going on. You know, really since last year, last spring. And that these benefits keep getting extended. You know, because here, I mean, and anywhere around the world, I mean, we're not out of the woods with this pandemic, we're not fully open here in Ontario, Canada. We're using the color coded system that we used back last spring for reopening. And each of those color coded systems in place allows businesses, depending on what color you're in, to increase staff and patrons to their businesses increases outdoor activities. The color codes will increase how many people you can have in your household at any given time. Or outside in your backyard, how many people you can have. So we're not opening up really fast here. Toronto, Peel region that surrounds Toronto in the York region, they're still in lockdown and stay-at-home orders until March the 8th. And that's the public health officials there in in, in Toronto. Here in the city of London, I mean we're we we moved into um, the red into the red zone. Which means for businesses, yes, they can open. But it's limited to how many people you can have. Shopping malls are open except for the food courts. Restaurants can have 10 patrons at any at, at one time. Even the big box stores like Costco and Walmart their their, their, uh, capacity is now limited. So with these benefits still being going on and they're being extended, and probably, you know, will be extended again, you know, because, I mean, Canada is, is lagging behind on the vaccine it's not the government's fault we'll get to that in a moment now for the um the freshly extended canadian recovery benefit is available to anyone who isn't eligible eligible for the unemployment insurance but has stopped working or had their income reduced by at least 50% due to COVID-19. So if you're only getting 20 hours a week now, you're eligible for the Canadian Recovery Benefit. And it's also the benefits that uh, people who had to take care of their kids or family members due to school or or, or the uh, uh, care facility closures. The sickness benefit covers anyone who has to stay home for at least half the week because they've caught COVID or they're self-isolating or for other re- uh, related, re- uh, related reasons to COVID-19. If you need support, well, you look for a job, or if you have to stay home to take care of family, these benefits will continue to be there for you, the Prime Minister of Canada says. Now, as I was scrolling down through this article, 71% of Canadians are angry over government's performance on the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Well, they can be upset all they want. It's not the government's fault that we're lagging behind on the COVID-19 of the of the of the of the, of the, of the vaccines for COVID-19. when the vaccines were being made canada purchased the quantities they think they would need pfizer in the middle of this pandemic when the vaccines started to roll out decided that they needed to upgrade a a facility in Europe. That slowed down the vaccine rollout here in Canada and other countries, not just Canada. So everybody now is mad at the government because we're lagging behind on the rollout of the vaccine. And I said this yesterday, the one thing about critics, they sit on the sideline. They don't know what is going on behind the lines with Pfizer and the government. I know that this happened because I read the article that this happened that Pfizer needed to upgrade a facility. So you can be mad at Pfizer. Now, if any critics out there who think they can do a better job than what the government is doing right now, then by all means, Step up, practice your French because you're going to need to speak French if you're going to work in the federal government. Join a party, get elected to be ahead of that party, to run for prime minister. And if you think you can do a better job, then go ahead and do it. I certainly would not want to be in the government's shoes. I certainly wouldn't want to do that job. That's a tough job. Governments and members of parliament and members of the government they get criticized more than anybody. From critics who don't actually sit down and read the whole story or read the whole article. They only hear what they want to hear. They only hear, oh, we're short on vaccine. That's the government's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's easy to point fingers. It's easy to blame the government. When in fact, if you wanna blame somebody, you can blame Pfizer. because Pfizer is the one, like I said, decided that they needed to upgrade a facility in order to meet the demands of these vaccines now the question remains should they have done it while they were trying to come up with a vaccine should they waited in the middle of a pandemic to decide to do it that's a question for pfizer not for the government. You know, so in the meantime, Canadians are anxiously waiting for their turn to receive the Corona vaccine, which could help to usher in economic reopenings, in turn, get Canadians back to work the vaccine rollout is is, is, is uh, expected to ramp up later this year with the Trudeau government standing firm on its promise that there will be enough vaccines for all Canadians who want to get vaccinated by September. Governments are not miracle workers. The miracle worker here is Pfizer and Moderna. We should be grateful and thankful to these pharmaceuticals for even coming up with a vaccine as fast as they have. Because when they were talking about vaccines last February and March, it could have been still a couple of years down the road or even longer. So these critics out there need to stop bitching and complaining to the government and blaming the government for the shortages and the lagging of vaccines rolling out when it wasn't the government's fault. And like I said in my show yesterday to these critics, if you think you can do a better job, then step up. If not, zip it. You know, so the rollout has been off to a slow start when compared to countries such as the United Kingdom and the United States that has, uh, uh, that is ha- uh, hampered by uh, reductions in deliveries. Amid overwhelming global demand. Well. Imagine that. By the global demand. I mean, do these critics think that Canada is like. like, We're the first to get it. Not how it works. Canada was even lucky enough that we were even third in the world to get the vaccines. I don't know why my signal here is going poor on me. I have no idea. Oh, there it's back to excellent again. So now. The uh, the uh, vaccines are ramping back up here in Canada. Hundreds of thousands of doses arrive, arriving each week means hundreds of thousands more people will be protected from COVID-19. That's what they're focused on. They're focused on you, your family, your community, and every Canadian who wants a vaccine will have one by the end of September. The logistics of this vaccine campaign, not just here in Canada, but all over the world, is on an epic level like we've never seen before. I get it, ladies and gentlemen. People are frustrated. People are upset. People are financially hurting, mentally, physically. Because of this pandemic. But unfortunately, this pandemic is not over with. It's not done. When will it be done? I have no idea. Neither does the government, neither does the pharmaceuticals, neither does the top doctors in the world know when this will be over. If someone could could step up behind a microphone and, and say exactly when it was done, and they were right, That would be something, wouldn't it be? But in the meantime, I get it. Patients are running thin. People want to get vaccinated. We all do. But they're not going to start with the youngest to the oldest. They're going to start with the oldest are they gonna move into into the frontline workers? Are they gonna get into the in into the communities? But it's still going to take time. You know, one thing, you know, to, you know, when it comes to the United States is that I was reading an article the other day, and it's something like over 50 million people um, so far has been um, vaccinated um, in the in the United States. And that's great news for them. getting the needles in the arms of Americans because that country was the hardest hit with this pandemic. You know, the United Kingdom, you know, the, where they're, they're, they're wrapping up um, the vaccine rollout. And so is Canada. But 71% of Canadians are angry over the government's performance on the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. That's appalling. Like I said, they're pointing their fingers at the wrong people. Now, I think there was something else, or was I going to save that story for tomorrow morning? Let me just have a quick look here. Scroll down to the bottom of my favorites. Uh, 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 no, I think that was uh, that was something else. Now, if any if anybody has any opinions or any suggestions, you're more than welcome to share your thoughts here on the Truckers Podcast. If you're here on my show and you are Canadian, you can give your opinion on what I just said. And if you're not, you can still give your opinion on what I said. So and also too, if you uh, hadn't listened to my show from yesterday, um the border between the united states and canada will remain closed until march 21st that'll mark one year to be one year anniversary that the border between canada and the united states has been closed. And they'll continue to look at it on a- well my connection connectivity came back sorry ladies and gentlemen i lost that um but i will be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m the truckers podcast monday morning coffee show with you and uh we'll get this uh connection all figured out by then Take care. Have a great Sunday. Hope you can join me tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.